Okay. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I am your host, Alejandra Costa, and I'm delighted to have Han Tran with us. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Today, we will be speaking about the case study based on the stolen Mayan art. As a director of a large museum, you're offered the opportunity to purchase an important Mayan sculpture from your museum pre-Columbian collection. However, you realize that the sculpture has been stolen and smuggled into this country. If you and the other museum directors do not purchase such pieces and preserve them in your museums, this sculpture and others like it will be destroyed. What should you do? Break the law? and thereby encourage pillaging of artworks or let the work be forever lost to the world. Note that this practice actually goes on all the time. Would that make any difference? Wow, so that's our case study for today. Before we begin to solve this, we would like to go over some background information and um, that way we'll be able to smoothly go through today's case. Now, Pre-Columbian art and the term actually refers to the artistic creations of the indigenous cultures of the Americas right before Christopher Columbus in 1492. That's pretty much right before the Europeans came in to the Americas. The art of pre-Columbian, it includes, but it's not limited to ceramics, stone, sculpture. It also includes gold work, textiles, and architecture. Hen um, will actually explain a little bit more about what the pre-Columbian era is. Yeah, and thank you for your information, Alejandra. So uh, talking about the art of pre-Columbian era, so it's extremely diverse due to the region differences and culture from all the countries who were once pre-Columbian in America. Some of the most famous pre-Columbian civilization include the Maya, it is like from the case study, the Aztec and the Inca. Firstly, the Aztecs is who dominated central Mexico from the 14th to the 16th centuries and know for the elaborate gold work, which were used to create only jewelry and ritual objects. Aztec art also include intricate fetal which were used to create clothing, headdresses, and other decorative objects. That is true. In most of the pictures, if you do search up pre-Columbian um, culture, you will find those feathers and all of that. But I would like to speak about the Incas now. They pretty much ruled an entire empire in South America. They're known for their really good monumental architecture. They include the very famous Machu Picchu. It is located in Peru. Now the Inca art, just as any other Mayan, it does intricate the gold work, very, very important, ceramics, textiles. They do have a very, very um, geometric pattern and the way they're um, stylized. Now, the Mayan civilization flourished in present-day Mexico. It's also in Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. They're actually known for their very unique ceramic vessels. You're able to find them in many museums. And they pretty much feature detailed depictions of animals, gods, and even mythological scenes. 
I would like to also add up that the Mayan art also includes very large stone sculptures and even carvings. They were now used to adorn public buildings and religious temples. Now, speaking about gold, because there is a lot of gold work in all of these Mayan cultures and indigenous cultures, just so you guys know, gold designs are, and they were so unique that in Colombia, located in the capital, Bogota, you're able to find the gold museum. It's right in front of pretty much the president's house, and it's filled in with historical gold pieces from the pre-Columbian era. That's really interesting information. And like talking more about the Mayan culture, it refers to the custom, tradition, belief, and way of life of the ancient Mayan civilization that flourished in part of present-day Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, Honduras, and El Salvador. So pretty much Central America. Not to be confused with South America, which all those same similar similar culture that indigenous tribes are not Mayan. The Mayan civilization is considered of one of the most important and sophisticated civilization of pre-Columbian America. So now before we jump into our case study, we want to share with you some facts about the Mayan culture. We're going to start off, I think it's very, very important, um, the language. So the Mayan civilization, they actually had a very, very complex writing system. It pretty much, honestly, they don't speak Mayan. They actually speak, I might be spelling this wrong, but you spell it T-S-O-S-I-L. So like Sotsil. It's pretty much a lot of various languages in the Mayan language family. They are also come with sacred carvings that they were used to record historical events, religious beliefs, and a lot of important information. Yes, and like talking about the religion, like Mayan religions were polytheistic with many gods and goddess that were believed to control different aspects of life. Religious rituals and ceremonies were an important part of Mayan life. According to the article provided by Mayan Antico, sacrifice were made to the god. And from that animal, in some in rare case, human sacrifice were performed. So that's pretty like incredible. That actually really is. I read about it, I think in that website, but I've read about that one of the common ways of sacrifices besides being animals it's actually human hearts they would sacrifice a human and then they'll sacrifice their hearts the hearts towards their gods and then i also wanted to lay out that the mayans and these indigenous um, cultures they actually have no relationship to a latin based language like spanish they own their own highly structured grammar of pronouns, verbs, adjective, and tenses. So it's very important for us not to think that the Mayans, like their main language is Spanish. Something else that I think we need to point out is the agriculture. The Mayan civilization, they were actually based on agriculture. That's most of how their economy was based as well with gold, but the cultivation of maize or corn, it was extremely important. 
Now, if we speak about corn, we could also agree, if you guys know about uh, corn and Hispanic people and their culture, corn is actually something that's consumed a lot from Colombians, Venezuelans eating arepas, from uh, Guatemalans, Mexicans, they eat their tortillas. So it all goes back to this Mayan culture. The Mayans actually also developed a very sophisticated system to their farming techniques. I can see that. And I really like corn too. And we can see it all over like America and South and Central America for now. And like talking to the next part is architecture. Mayan architecture is known for its intricate design and use of stone. And many Mayan structures were built for religious and ceremonial purpose such as pyramid and temple. So like one of like the famous Mayan architecture for now, like everyone visit is like temple of the inscription and like the Tita is that in the cobra. So it's very famous architecture of it the Mayan. Really it really is. Have you seen the Machu Picchu in Peru? It's no. Huge. You have to take a look yeah. at it. Amazing. With that being said, um, coming from their pyramids and architecture, they also have art. I think that people relate the Mayan a lot to the art because it's it's amazing. So they're actually known from this really intricate designs, and it has a very symbolic meaning. Their stone carvings were sacred, like we spoke about a couple minutes ago. And then same with their pottery. You could find pottery from old, old, old years, which is very expensive. But now modern day artists also still use the pottery and they their styles to sell them. They're really good. They have mural paintings. They also use jade carvings, including like coming along with art. You could also think about like mathematics and their astronomy. They are actually they were and they developed a very sophisticated mathematical system, including the use of the number zero. They were amazing astronomers and they even developed their own calendar. So pretty much, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but um, Mayans have their own calendar. They don't follow up to our year. If we're in 2023, they're not in the same year. They don't follow the same months. Um, their days and their idea of time is completely different. They also use these religious um, calendars and they use them for agriculture purposes. Yeah, it's really interesting to know about that information. And like, I don't know about you, the zero and I need to agree like the Mayan is a really great mathematician, has a really great mathematical system. So that's really amazing to know. And what I want to say about like the Mayan society is well also hierarchical with a ruling class that held political and religious power. And they also have like a complex system of trade and commerce at like the very period of time in the history. So like the study of Mayan culture is important for understand like the diversity and achievement of indigenous people in the pre-Columbian America. That's actually very true. 
yeah go back like people didn't have like stores you would have to use trading for you to trade something for something else yeah and like the artists uh like bring a lot of like historical uh values so like it's just important to know about their culture in this case study that's true now that we're done with this little facts that we wanted to give you guys a little background information we will go back to our case study so it's about the stolen mayan art and i'll read it again for you guys the director of a large museum you are offered the opportunity to purchase an important mayan sculpture for your museum's pre-columbian collection however you realize that the sculpture has been stolen and smuggled into this country if you and the other museum directors do not purchase such pieces and preserve them into your museums, this culture and others like it will be destroyed. What should you do? Break the law and thereby encourage pillaging of artworks or let the work be forever lost to the world? I would like to point out that this practice does go on all the time, sadly, it's something that happens, and would this make a difference? Mm -hmm. So that's a really interesting case. That really and is. Like, yes. And I think it puts you into like this really weird, um, like position. Because like if I don't, if I were to keep this piece, I'm able to have it in my museum. People would most likely be interested in coming to my museum. That way, you get revenue from visitors who are coming in, and you have the piece but at the same time it's stolen so you have a stolen art piece but what do you think you would do Han in this case to be honest like we have like an answer for this one we discussed an answer but like for if personally for me in my case I might purchase that piece first to be honest because like I don't want it to like go into illegal trade mm -hmm. yeah and like I might like contact with some like illegal organization that have the right to work on that and collaborate with them if it's I in like in the case yeah maybe but like I agree with more with our discussion answer and like yeah I think it's way better than my I, solution yeah no, i agree it definitely like it's a very it's a hard way to answer this especially when we from our position we don't know what actually goes into a museum but as you said there are organizations um there's a couple unesco or interpol you're able to one maybe keep that piece from the people who might just let it get lost in this world, you might keep it and then be able to talk to a, an organization and maybe recover the stolen artifact back to its country of origin. Now that leaves you with you not having the, the artifact in your museum. Yeah. So and I, I think true. Yeah. That's right. And like the other way and like you can contact to like the country that that have that sort of the art piece and uh, to establish like, a cultural exchange program so you can keep it, that art piece in your museum 
and that can help to support by preservation of the cultural heritage and facilitate the loan of like the cultural artifacts for exhibition purpose. So that's a really good way to like work on this case study too. That is true. I actually joining you with that. And I think that we're able to, if this were the case, I think a great thing to do is to actually raise awareness. So me as somebody who goes to museums, but I'm not, I'm not submerged into art knowledge. I would not imagine that this happens in museums. So what I would think they should do, or we should do as the director of the case study is to use this perfect opportunity for us to actually raise awareness about how negative illegal trade is and encourage visitors to engage in responsible travel practices. I think also it's very good when you do go to this, um, maybe like the Mayan culture, if you're going to South America, if you're going to um, Asia, if you're going to all these countries yeah. and cities that they're run by local communities, I think you should support maybe a local restaurant who has the um, architecture from the years, years ago and actually protect the heritage. Yeah, and like I agree like we need to like raise the awareness about like the negative impact like uh, about the illegal trade and like the art muffling, but like somehow it's kind of hard to like let everyone know about it because like we need to agree that everyone wants to like have an art piece that have a historical value Mm-hmm. aesthetic values so like we can like have educated public but like I somehow think it's maybe hard to like make it to the reality it so is true. It. yeah especially when you don't have I feel like in this case for us to be able to raise awareness we would need something like the news something that is able to travel to people's house and in their TVs and in their iPhones. And in this case, it's really, really hard. But I think ultimately the decision to purchase this stolen artifact, it should not be made in the like lightest. And we should prioritize the ethical and like legal considerations. Cause what if you get sued? So yeah. seeking for like alternative solutions that actually support the cultural preservation and the rights. I think that's very, very important. I think that's where we should um, set our case study decision. Yeah, I think it's really important in this case study. Because this one is quite like controversial case study. It reminds me to like a case study in the chapter five from last week. We studied is like the five of the loose. Mm-hmm. So it's to stand between the chairs, like to save the art piece itself, yeah, to save like yeah the bodyguard, bodyguard. the roof, yeah. So it's kind of same situation. I it, don't think we yes. have like a yeah a yes or no for this case. It's I agree. Of, yeah, it's like in the middle for me. I actually agree. It's definitely very controversial. And is that all for us today, Han? Yeah. All right. So thank you for joining us so much today. I'm Alejandra and I'm here with Han. I appreciate it. 
This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. Bye. Have a great day. Goodbye.